And Mary gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear Saints, uh, Merry Christmas. In the readings for Christmas Eve, we see that Jesus as an infant was placed into a manger and a feeding trough for animals because... There was no room for them in the inn. Now, I'd like to call your attention to the first word here, uh, to the the word in here. Uh, The word in is a tough tough word to translate uh, from the Greek. In case you were wondering, the word in Greek is kataluma. And elsewhere in the Bible, the word is translated as guest room. Now, I'm not trying to change uh, your nativity set at home or your, uh, what you think of it. Uh, but what I'm trying to point out is that this inn wasn't like a motel or a hotel or some sort of commercial business, as we oftentimes imagine. Even more, Bethlehem was a very small town. Uh, people wouldn't go there. They wouldn't go to visit it. So there wouldn't be a need for a hotel in Bethlehem. More likely... It's that there was no room in the home, no room in the guest room. There was no more space in a house that was there in Bethlehem. Now, Joseph and Mary have their home in Nazareth, but tonight they're in Bethlehem. And the question is why? They are in Bethlehem because Caesar Augustus mandated a census. And he wanted everyone to go and register in his hometown, in his home city. So Joseph went to Bethlehem because he was a descendant of David. Now, it's possible, in fact, it's most likely the case, that Joseph still had family living in Bethlehem. And so what that means is this. We oftentimes imagine that Joseph and Mary were frantically knocking on any door they could find, trying to get a place to stay for the night, and then eventually they go to a hotel somewhere and they, they, they meet this mean uh, innkeeper who says, look, there's no room in the inn and he slams the door in their face. And then he has a change of heart and he comes out and says, look, well, I do have a stable in the back, so why don't you just stay there? So that's uh, oftentimes how we imagine it or that's how it's told. <clears throat> that's how we grew up here in the story. But that's not what's going on. So what did happen? What most likely happened is this. Joseph takes Mary to Bethlehem and he goes directly to the house of one of his own family members. A family member who he knew had a guest room. However, since there was a census, it wasn't just Joseph and Mary who were in town, but the entire rest of the family. And they needed a place to stay too. So one idea, right, there's three, three ideas going on here. One idea is that by the time Mary and Joseph arrived, the house was already full and they had no more room. Another idea is that the family members knew that Mary was pregnant out of wedlock. And because of that, they banned her from the house. They banned her from staying there. Uh, the third idea is this, is that uh, they heard the explanation from Mary and Joseph about her, that while she was still a virgin, she conceived the Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and that's why she was pregnant out of wedlock. But the family didn't believe it. 
So that's the third option. So we don't know for sure. We don't know which one of these three is the case as to why they didn't give them room. Uh, although I think most likely it's a third option that they told them exactly what happened and they didn't buy it, so they left them outside. Nevertheless, uh, the bottom line is this, that when it came time for Mary to give birth to the Christ, no one in that house was willing to make room for him, to, uh, for, uh, room for her to give uh, birth to him. So the only place left to go was the stable in the back of the home, something that nearly every house in that time had. It was a place for the animals. And there she gave birth to Jesus. And after a while, she and Joseph were exhausted from the t- trip, and they had no place to put him down, so they put him down in a manger. So why am I saying this? <clears throat> I want you to have this in mind. Joseph and Mary and Jesus are not out in the wilderness all alone. Rather, they are right next to a house full of people. And so you put these pictures side by side in your mind. There are people in that house that are eating and drinking and talking and laughing and, and, and drinking wine and doing all of these things like a family reunion, enjoying their time with one another. And then right next to that image, all alone you see Mary and Joseph outside, right next to that home. And Mary is in labor pains. And she gives birth to Jesus, and she wraps him in swaddling clothes, and she puts him in a manger. So that's the image you should have. This is a more sober, realistic, and historical way to view the nativity. Here has come Christ the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, the Savior of the unrighteous. He has been centuries in the waiting They've had promise upon promise upon promise of his coming and of his birth. And yet here he is next to a house full of people and he has no place to lay his head except for what the animals leave for him. And there was no room for him. I'm telling you all of this because I think that our rebellion, our opposition to Jesus happens most like what you see here tonight, what you heard here tonight, that our opposition to the Lord doesn't show up with clubs or swords or stones against him. It doesn't show up with harsh words or anger. Rather, I think that our opposition, our opposition to Jesus is most like that of that family, that it shows up in a seemingly more innocent way in that we just fail to make room for him. That we fail to make room for Jesus. Our calendar is full. Our home is full. Our budget is full. Our mourning is full. Our ears are full of other voices. Our hearts are full of idols that we've placed before us. Our entire year is full year after year, and we simply don't make room for him. You heard the gospel reading from John chapter 1, and here it says it the best. 
the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own received him not. All right. Now I know what you're thinking, but don't try and finish my sermon in your head before I do. (laughs) Uh, The moral, the teaching of this sermon is not this. What I'm saying is not this. This is not the moral. It's not, look, hey, come on, guys. Jesus is really great. Can you just open up your heart a little bit more for him? Could you just do a few more things for him? Could you just do, give some more room to him? Now, I'm sure that many churches are maybe preaching a sermon that goes that direction right now. Maybe the pastor is trying to cajole people into getting their act together and come to church more. Sure, fine. That's a good thing. Go to church. Come to church. But the point of this sermon is not that. In fact, the moral of this sermon, the moral of that reading, in fact, the moral of all of Christmas itself, is this, that God thankfully did not wait for us to make room for him in our hearts, but rather he made room for you in his. And this is the thing that is actually happening here tonight. We did not make room for him, not the way we should have, not in our life, not our entire life, not this year, not this week as we should have. But he was born in this way to make room for you. He came for those who do not make space for him. And he was born in such a way, despised and rejected his entire life, endured a life of pain and misery and loneliness and sorrow so that he would make room for you in heaven. All of our life, All of our salvation does not depend upon how open we are to God or what we'll do for him. Our life and salvation depends upon how open he is to us and what he has done for us. So Christmas Eve is not a night of new commitments to God, new resolutions and pledges or turning over a new leaf as if this were some sort of sales presentation to try and persuade you to come to church or some contract or commitment. No, Christmas is the time when we sit and we do nothing. We do nothing except behold our God come to us in the flesh. This is the night when we just open our eyes and see that he has come to do for us what we could never do for ourselves. That here we see him give to us what no amount of money in the world could buy, what no amount of works could earn. Here we see God give himself to us entirely. He gives us his flesh and his bones, the very breath in his lungs, and every drop of blood in his veins. This night he takes on flesh as an infant for the sole purpose of growing up to take our place on the cross, to be rejected, to be despised, to suffer the wrath of God that we once deserved, to die in our place so that there would be no room left for us on that cross. And it was no surprise to him. Christ knew this world would reject him and that they would refuse to make room for him. He knew this ever since the Garden of Eden when he was determined to do it. And yet, 
our rejection of him, our collective, all of our rejection of him is the exact means by which he saves us. The, the very means by which he redeems us. A refusal to make room for him is the exact means by which he made room for us in heaven. His death is the means by which hearts would be reborn and purified and opened. So, no, this is not the night of our commitment to him. It is the night that we simply behold his deep and undying commitment and devotion and dedication of himself to us. And all we do is watch him with wonder. And we marvel at him. At all he goes through for us. At all he does and endures to love us. uh, For our sake. To forgive us. To make us a place in his kingdom forever. And we adore him. So God be praised that on this night you've all gathered here today. Whether you left family to get here or are going after this to go see family, God be praised that you have made room for him here tonight. That in your life and in your heart that you observe the birth of the Savior, you make room for him who first made room for you. Amen. In poorest guise to us he came. Himself he bears our sin and shame. That as his heirs in heaven above, we may with angels share his love. Alleluia. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.